This is a podcast for Journal of Applied Ecology, a British Ecological Society publication. Hello and welcome to Applied in 5, the Journal of Applied Ecology, where we discuss new research in an accessible, bite-sized format of five minutes or thereabouts. Today I'm talking to Liz Kozol, who is one of our shortlisted authors for the 2022 Southwood Prize. The Southwood Prize is a yearly award which celebrates early career research. Could you give us a bit of background about yourself and how you got into ecology? I have been an ecologist for 12 or 13 years now, and it was pretty random how it happened to me. So I got a degree in biology from Indiana University and wasn't really applying it. I had a job working with a developmentally disabled Um, And so I decided I wanted to try to find a job that had anything to do with biology. And there was a random hourly technician position opened in the Beaver Schultz lab at Indiana, and they study mycorrhizal fungi. So I applied, even though I didn't even, I had never heard of mycorrhizal fungi before. And I got the job. And since then, have been working with plants and mycorrhizae and very closely with Jim Beaver and Peggy Schultz um, for the last 12 years. (laughs) Sounds like it was like almost made for you. I guess so. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, just totally random. <laughs> I had thought it was like something to do with mushrooms. I'd never, definitely never heard of a muscular mycorrhizal fungi before. Um, but now that's all I think about. So it is funny how the, the turns that life forces you into. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you briefly summarize the research in your paper and how it advances the field? Sure. This paper was awesome. It was one of my first big projects I worked on as a technician in the Reaver Schultz lab. And essentially what we did is we tested this theory across five different restoration sites throughout the U.S. grasslands that microbes can improve plant establishment and advanced succession. And so we did this by testing whole prairie soil, which would have, we thought, all the beneficial organisms that would be in that prairie soil. So these are undisturbed prairies. We went and sampled the whole soil community. And then we also isolated just the fungi from those same soil to test the theory that fungi were the driving factor in getting these plants to establish. And also because culturing things from the soil is a viable restoration tool, whereas collecting whole pockets of soil and putting that into restoration is really not because we can't dig up all of our prairies to make new prairies. It just doesn't make sense. And so it advances the field in that it provides a tool, a guideline for culturing mycorrhizae from native prairies and also proves that it can successfully impact restoration. And it's always very complicated. That is the thing about ecology. It's interactions, right? And context matters all the time. So yeah, we use the phrase context dependency continuously in ecology. And that just means things happen and we don't really know why it was the context, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So leading on from that, have you continued with this research? And if so, where are you at now with it? Yeah, absolutely. So Part of the grant we were working on to do this study looked at other things, including how much these mycorrhizal fungi can spread. So we have some new research on that. I have taken this idea of culturing mycorrhizae from healthy native systems and applied it to new systems. So I, for my postdoc, did some work with the Land Institute in Kansas, and they work on perennial grains and other perennial crops. And so I used my mycorrhizae to see if we could improve the crop output for the, the target species. And I've also been doing some work with organic ag applications too, uh, of perennial crops like peppers and tomatoes. And so I'm still working in the prairie, but applying this sort of concept to new systems. 
brilliant. No, I was going to say very, very applied focus. Absolutely. I love being in the field and also hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Very context specific. Yeah. (laughs) What did you enjoy most about conducting this research? So it was really fun because it was such a big project. So we worked with people at three different military bases for this work and people who manage long-term prairies as well to sort of collect that initial inoculum. And also it was a partnership between two universities. So there were just a ton of grad students and undergrads and technicians involved in the work. And so the field teams were massive. It was really fun. And yeah, everybody out there in the field sweating. I don't know if you know very much about Oklahoma and Kansas, but if you're doing plant diversity sampling in July, it is about 110 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's very, very steamy. (laughs) And everybody being out there and sweating together was just really fun. We have these like... um, 10 by 10 like umbrella tent things that we take with us and we kind of move them across plots because otherwise it's just impossible at times to do this work because it's just the sun beating down on you and you drink all your water it's only 11 a.m you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) very dedicated (laughs) this kind of fits perfectly were there any funny experiences or surprising discoveries from this research i so i sent a little um set of pictures to you right before we met. So you probably haven't had a chance to look at them, but in one of these photographs. So at one of the sites, we put down this um, black plastic tarp to help solarize the weeds. And that's how we got rid of the existing vegetation at the site prior to restoration. And I guess coming from Indiana, more the Eastern range of the prairie, I'm not as familiar with the windy conditions in the Western side of the prairie. And (laughs) it was very fun trying to install these massive black tarps that are like, I don't know, 10 by 40 meters long in these windy conditions and just having like four people trying to hold onto it and we're all flying around, like being dragged across the field. (laughs) It was really, really fun (laughs) and also a disaster. (laughs) But we got them down. It did take us waiting until a rainy day with no wind. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely sounds an experience that you'll always remember. (laughs) This kind of links to the next one. What would you say is one of the best things about being an ecologist? As I grow up as, as an ecologist, I find the work even more rewarding because it is so different across the season. So in the summer, I get to play in the field. In the fall, I get to play with data. In the winter, I get to write a bunch of grants and present this data. And in the spring, I get pumped about all the new projects. So there's just this cycle that keeps it fresh, even though it is kind of the same, but the breaking of a part of the job across the seasons just keeps it exciting. A lot of variety. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, what is the worst thing about being an ecologist? Mm. Well, I have to say... Writing grants all the time isn't super exciting. So my (laughs) position now is entirely soft money. So I write a lot of grants. And yeah, the rejection can be challenging as a scientist. Um, Another thing that isn't great about working in Kansas Prairie is the ticks. So I don't know how many nymph nests I've walked into where there's just like all of a sudden 100 baby ticks on you. And (laughs) it's not a great feeling. (laughs) I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but every ecologist who works in the prairies has had that experience. <laughs> we we have some ticks here, but yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near to the extent. There's a ton of them. I've had a couple of friends get alpha gal, which is a tick-borne illness where you essentially become allergic to certain ungulates like cows. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty dramatic. 
serious business very different question now what do you do in your spare time Mm. well oddly enough a lot of my spare time is devoted to my small business micro bloom which is very similar to my day-to-day life working with fungi so i have micro bloom and i provide mycorrhizal fungi um, commercially for people to do prey restoration so i spend a lot of time culturing these fungi at a way different scale than what i would do for my scientific research so huge batches of these fungi for people to apply um, in restoration so that does take a lot of time, but I have a little time for other hobbies. I like to play D&D and I love to go swimming and I love to travel as well. Very versatile. <laughs> I need to move over there and get some of that lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to travel far in the U.S., you know. You could drive for many days and never leave. So it's just at the drop of a hat. Very simple. Yeah. And then last thing. What's one piece of advice to give to someone else in the field? It could be someone like just starting out in ecology or even someone who's had a long career, anything really. I would say, and this project highlighted this for me specifically. So there's this tendency for us to want to like blaze the field and go our own way, um, which is great. And we all need our first author publications as ecologists. But working as a team in this collaborative effort was fantastic And so not only did everyone help with this research, but I got to help with their research and learned many different new things that I wouldn't necessarily have thought about and gain new skills. And so if possible, try to find people to work with because it does really heighten the experience. It's a really good bit of advice, I think, because I think sometimes people can go into things being a bit kind of free man for himself. And I think you're right. I think ecology is nice to have close knit community and like people, you know, Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for joining me. Really enjoyed it. Great. Hope you get a tight five out of that. Good luck.